Instagram account, particularly the music that you have been making lately. All right. This very heavy stuff, very, very aggressive. Um, and if people who listen to the show know that my music is super mellow <laughs> in yeah. comparison. So what's, what's that headspace like to listen to something that is so aggressive, so, I don't know, hard? It's, uh, that's, that's, that's actually the interesting part. that you would consider it aggressive mm. and I just find it beautiful. That's, that's the weird part about it, you know? Mm. So to me, it's uh, how we look at sound waves and how we listen to them, how we experiment with them. Um, we, I reached this point, I guess, where I started to hear a lot of types of music, you know, like electronic music and... all different genres and subgenres of electronic music to the point where I felt like creativity is this really huge white space mm. and I respect it a lot. Yeah. To the point where aggression becomes just uh, another form of being rhythmic mm. and forcing uh, people who listen to that piece to maybe move. Faham kif? So aggression becomes another form of expression. Yeah, literally. So if it's aggressive, when you listen to something, you know, you have that little face that you do, you know, <laughs> your uh, body starts moving. And if it's fast, then kind of uh, your heartbeat starts racing, your uh, foot starts pumping and you could relate to it in a way. Yeah. Even if you don't listen to that type of music, even if it's loud, even, mm-hmm. if, even if it feels like it's just a lot of noise. Mm-hmm. At some point, with all the repetition and uh, the little different parts that are changing, I feel like some part of it you might relate to. So, um, I would say Nuki Ganuki, yes. introduced to me by Safa. Okay. okay? And uh, the, your genre of music, particularly that you've been doing lately with the synthesizers, which we'll get to later, because I definitely want to know more about that. Okay. It's not something that I would gravitate towards, but because of Nuki Ganuki and what we wanted to do with it, yeah. I decided to put it on my phone and listen to it on my drives to work. And let me say, it was the first time I felt a connection to this type of music. The aggression, if you will, does not did not sound as aggressive, it but was, it sounded very immersive. Right? It was yeah. it was not intrusive. No, it you, wasn't you intrusive. You felt like you felt like there's still a level of fun in it. Yeah. If you notice the track, uh, it starts with a bit of a comedic version, like mm-hmm. like a little bit of a comedic intro. Yeah. Um, in Belushi. So I wanted to include a lot of Belushi in the track. Mm. That's why even the name is Nuki Ganuki. Because. What does it mean? Um, it means in Arabic, Jadid Mintzak. <laughs> right? Like someone who's new and excited. Was, is that you in that situation? Yeah, literally. That's when I started <laughs> يعني, this whole world of getting into making my own electronic music more seriously. Yeah. And that was my first like serious track. Yeah. Like serious, when I say serious, as in I, I sat a very long time on it. I sent it to a professional to work on it after mm. for mastering. And I uploaded it on Spotify like as my first. Fun fact, it's the only song of yours that's on Spotify, although you have quite a catalog. Yes, I do. So, uh, I'm actually working on an album right now, hmm. and uh, it's called, uh, it's the first time I say what it's called, but it's going to be called Chaotic, Chaotic um, Psychonautics, basically. So, a Psychonautic, I, I asked someone on a photo shoot once if uh, they would recommend a name, and uh, they threw that word out, and it means someone who likes to explore consciousness or like different right. spaces of consciousness Psychon- is, that, is that a real word or uh, a made up one I think it's a real word <laughs> I think sounds it's sounds like real a combination word. of right? a few words like neurotic yeah uh, so, so if you think about psycho yeah um, you know that relates to the brain mm-hmm. and nautical is you know relates to the sea right like a voyage 
or in like you're exploring the sea. Or nootropic. Have you heard that word before? Um, what's nootropic? Nootropic is sub- um, there are different chemical substances that are generally considered legal. Uh, there are supplements that meant for the mind to make your mind sharper. Okay, amazing. Right? So it, it, I feel like it would fit with the theme. <laughs> I'll keep I'll keep that in mind, you know. Neutropic, um, neurotic. Yes, basically. Uh, psychotic. One of the song one of one of the songs is called Neurotic Glitch. Yes. Um, as well, so it's it's part of it's part of what I'm trying to say. The, the, I actually have it in the in the playlist. We'll play it at some point later. It's about eight six to eight minutes long. Okay. It will be an introduction, I think, for a lot of people into this genre of music. And what would you call this genre, by the way? Um, the aggressive. Uh, <laughs> the aggressive it's just psytrance okay. um, psytrance like, yeah and yeah. the non-aggressive it's like ambient right so diff- an ambient under under the term ambient there's like different types of ambient so people know Shumb as generally or mainly I would say historically as the photographer you're pri- okay. quite prolific mashallah and you're an amazing photographer Thank you, you. You appear on a lot of professional um, uh, pages, but as well as a lot of creatives pages, a lot of artists and a lot of corporate. Okay. Uh, in both cases, at least from my observation, both cases, this is like, wow, this is Shum, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I, like to, I like to create variety for myself uh, when it comes to certain projects because I don't like... people categorizing me but this is the photographer version mm-hmm. i don't like people categorizing me as uh, a certain photographer so like okay there was this phase where people are like oh you're a food photographer i'm like no i'm not a food photographer uh if you open but, my but you took a lot of food pictures at some point <laughs> at some point like uh, two or three years ago yeah um that was a very big push towards me to to get into this market in a, in a very good way mm. and uh i it was my shoot with mint and coco Mm-hmm. And I remember that one. I would like to thank Luia for that opportunity, actually. Mm. But, but see, يعني, from there, a lot of what I did, uh, people were interested in because they wanted more of that quality for their restaurants. They wanted similar campaigns, a similar vibe, or yeah. just that same mindset to be involved in their visuals. But from there, I, I, I think I expanded further because I like to shoot fashion photography, okay. which is not something that, that I do a lot right now. as much as I do a lot of commercial work. So. Uh, I don't know if it's correct for me to say this, but I would, from at least from what I remember in observing your photography, a lot of it was reliant on natural light. Yeah, I like, you, I yeah. like the sun. Even, like the sun. Yeah, I've noticed. Even if it's meant to be quote-unquote professional shoot, yeah. it, it still has that element of uh, very naturalistic, um, mostly reliant on... Um, good composition rather than a, a flashy shallow depth of field kind of shot literally yeah. yes just a, a deep depth of field very little synth- uh, synthetic lighting and yeah. just it, when you do something like that it becomes very reliant on what the subject is and what the composition looks like yeah i agree 100 i Um, I'm, I'm a very spontaneous shooter, I would call myself. Mm. Um, I know a lot of clients expect me to plan an entire shoot from A to Z, but with me, I'd plan it from like A to G at max. <laughs> And then I, I would let the rest... <laughs> Freestyle. Yes, I would like to have actually the rest happen when I'm on set because I might change my mind like five different times about something, even if we agreed on it previously, you know, because what happens on set is completely different. Mm. I, I love experimenting with sunlight to the point where... More recently, I am um, finding myself lighting more with hard light, which is using studio lights in a way that kind of mimics sunlight. Okay. Or the shadows. No diffusion. Yes, exactly. No diffusion. Why? Diffusion creates a sense of softness and it automatically shows that that something is fake. But also other than that, I've been shooting a lot of jewelry recently. Okay. And uh, for jewelry to pop, I have to, I kind of need, I need it to, to sparkle. And that sparkle comes nicely more when the light yeah. is hard. Sorry. That's okay. the, when the light is harder and it's hitting these little diamonds from these different angles mm. and it pops more. When it's softer, it can still pop, but I will always add little pieces and little props that will make it shine more. Like I'd use a piece of aluminum. Ah. So I would do that. I would, I would use a piece of aluminum that would reflect this little soft light. back into the diamond right. and it would add this little bit of a sheen hmm. 
because mm-hmm. the quality of aluminum is completely different than say white paper. A white, yeah, exactly. Yeah. The, a white paper is again soft. Yeah. Uh, reflector uh, would be but it's m- funny that you would say that soft light would give you the sense that it is not real it's fake I, I uh, have a different sense that when you're lighting particularly faces um, soft tends to be I mean if done properly of yeah. course tends to be the thing that's not as intrusive as harsh light because harsh light could mean one, um, a couple of things it could mean as, uh, they are in sunlight yeah Or they're in front of a direct light. <laughs> Basically, yeah. It could, it, harsh yeah. light could also mean it's just horrible lighting. It, exactly. <laughs> oh, it could mean really horrible. Or, th- so I agree with you. That's why I think um, using hard light is a real skill because it's very difficult to make hard light look good. Exactly. Because a lot of beginner photographers, uh, when they start, they just start with a straight up light in a person's face. They don't know why they're doing it. They just seem like light. If it's light, it's good, right? Yeah, exactly. Or yeah. th- there's the opposite. You see a lot of uh, photographers starting directly using soft light. Mm-hmm. And they would do that outside. Right. And, and, you, then, and yeah. then you have this vibe where, okay, you're outdoors, but suddenly the model is lit by this artificial light and there's no actual nice You know, I balance. had a phase that I used to do that. Okay, all right. And um, I agree that I outgrew that phase really quickly. However, I look back at some of those pictures. I was not trying to pretend like this was naturalistic. Okay, good. I made the background, even though the background had the sun, I would intentionally drop the background two stops down. Yeah. And it just felt like this weird dream world you're in because the character is perfectly lit, lit and the background, the background is, is like, yeah, yeah, darker. Exactly. And it just was like, is this Photoshop? Is this what? I, I, but I, I lost interest very quickly. But I was experimenting with that specific style for a while. I think, uh, yeah, dropping out all the rules, show yeah. you, is fine. Mm. It's perfectly fine. And spe- especially if it's intentional. Yeah. If you intend for something to be a certain way, um, that's fine because you're going to make like a whole series of photographs that are going to be coherent and explain the idea that wants to come out of your mind. Mm. I I do not believe that we need to follow rules. You want to shoot certain things. Uh, you you want p- things to be random, blurry. There's movement. It doesn't have to be super sharp. And yeah. uh, I, that's perfectly fine. But uh, you do need to l- understand the rules in order to know to break them. how to break them. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because like you know, I'm a filmmaker by trade. I'd, I'd say that's what I studied the most. And okay. uh, what really, one of the things that really fascinated me about filmmaking is how different camera moves and different camera angles give different psychological impressions of the subject. Literally. So, for yeah. example, you take a camera and you do a close-up on a person's face. If that camera is just couple of centimeters below their eye level how you feel about the character is very different than how you'd feel if it's mm-hmm. a couple of centimeters above yeah now you learn all this stuff in film school which i did and you understand the psychology of it but then now you know that what it's supposed to make you feel now you use it in times where that are very unconventional exactly it's like this is not when you're meant to use this so you use it there why because something is off but yeah. you're intentionally making the audience feel that something is off. Like, I don't know why something is off, and but some, something is off. <laughs> sometimes sometimes you also find yourself automatically shooting something a certain way. Yeah. Without actually thinking, oh, I want to be, you know, at a 45 degree angle, blah, blah, blah. blah. Sometimes you just directly go for that look. Mm. And Instinct. Because in your subconscious, the idea is there. The, the information is there. And you would just go for it when you're on set, Yanni. And you don't necessarily know why, right? But yeah. but it, it feels right. It feels good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it feels right. This is what I want right now. And uh, I'm going to go for it. Khalas, that's it. Well, when did you start photography? Uh, officially? Yeah. In, say, 2012. Okay. I used to run around with my iPhone 4, taking pictures of flowers and bees <laughs> and everything on the street. Nice. My friends. Um, actually, before an iPhone 4, I had a small little digital camera. Yeah. And I used to take pictures of like guitars and random things in my room. I used mm. to always go super close to things. I remember this uh, because it gave a very nice depth of field. Because yeah. with a small digital camera, it's always a flat photo, right? It's because like, you have a tiny it, sensor in there, yeah. no depth. Of exactly, and right. you cannot control everything. Yeah. But this camera specifically had this... 
um, specialty as our feature mm. where if you go super close like the new iPhones it would automatically switch to this macro vibe You're right and automatically gives you this depth of field so when I got a new iPhone I liked the camera and uh, I kept on running with it one of my friends came to visit me in uni and he bought uh, a Sony Sony a Sony a55 at the time okay and it was my first interaction with a serious camera. And I liked it. It was very easy to use. It was uh, intuitive. I loved I loved Sony at the time. So when he left uh, me and my friend Razan, we start. Razan was a really good artist, and she used to study with me. Mm. And uh, we were both on the same scholarship. So I was like, why don't we split and get the camera for the both of us? So you can do your thing. I can do my thing. We can try it out. Why not? We're both artists. Actually, you were more of an artist than me at at this point, but I'm just interested in in experimenting. Hmm. Um, So we got the camera, we shared it. And a year later, we got our lighting equipment and we started Luminosity. Kida randomly. So this was what, 2013, 14? 2012. Uh, in like February, that's when officially when Luminos- Luminosity happened. Yeah. Okay. And it was just random name that we came up with because Luminosity is one of the settings, uh, one of the blend modes. Hmm. And I used to use that blend mode a lot when I'm dealing with uh, skin tones. Okay. And How would you use that as a blend mode on skin tones? So there's the black and white adjustment on Photoshop. Yeah. You open the black and white adjustment, you set the blend mode to Luminosity. Yeah. And... If you change the yellow or red slider, you would start to see people tan a bit oh. or their skin becomes lighter because you're dealing with yellows, but you're dealing with the lightness and the darkness of the yellows. You're not removing that tone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it creates a very nice vibe and it makes people a bit more tan than they are. And for a specific stylistic choice, that could be really fun. Yani. Do you still use that, uh, this technique? Uh, very, very little, very little. Now I'm, I'm more. These days, the tools for skin adjustment is amazing. Yeah, it's exactly. not like it was in 2012. No, right? so you can fine tune and pick. They're super, yeah. super intuitive. Now you know they have AI on Photoshop. I found out that can just help you do certain things. Is that what you use to edit your pictures? Photoshop or Lightroom? Uh, mainly Photoshop. I do everything in Photoshop. Even my my. I mean, Photoshop has Camera Raw, so mm. I use Camera Raw, and then from Camera Raw, I jump directly into Photoshop to do my adjustments. Mm. What kind of stuff do you usually do in Photoshop? Is it just a color adjustment, or, or do you also recomposite things? In, uh... There's a lot of there's a lot of cleaning. There's a lot of cleaning to try to adjust certain things. There's a lot of color change that happens because hmm. sometimes I would work with colors in order to change them later in post. Yeah. I could shoot something on like a red background and then I'm like, you okay, know. I'll decide what different <laughs> shade of red I will want, you know? Yeah, There's yeah. last shoot that I posted on social media. It's jewelry with red background. Hmm. That red was super bright. And the idea for it was that, no, we are going to bring it down to like a maroon burgundy and we just need the base right now. Hmm. We're going to change it later so it looks more elegant. So that's kind of some of the things that I do. And uh, I try to keep things as natural as possible. Now I, tr- I I stopped wanting to photo manipulate. When I started, there was a lot of photo manipulation and background compositing, changing humans from one place, putting them into another. That's because I used to work in literally my common room area in a university dorm. So what I had was like a very small, tiny area. Yeah. But what I wanted to do with it was a completely different idea. So I would shoot Mm. to change the background. But now I shoot on location. Mm. I shoot with intentionally to create something and at least 70% I have on set. And then I would change it later in post. Isn't it funny? I feel like almost every photographer or filmmaker that I speak to has this phase of going too far in the beginning. Yeah. And then reining it in over time. But you can, it's fine, man. Take your time. Ain't nobody listening. Drink water. Awesome. We got until 9 p.m. Um, I still remember my old works. Bro, saturation, full. Exactly. <laughs> Highlights, shadows, everything. everything. I want everything to happen on this photo, you know? Yeah, it's only after a while when you realize that. No, I can just keep things as they are. Why not? Hmm. If it's dark... I'm going to accentuate that darkness in a nice way, add some interesting contrast and maybe bring things back up a little bit, but not excessively. I guess it's normal. It's normal to be excessive at first. 
everyone is uh, again nuki ganuki right so yani <laughs> you get excited you want to be all over the place and you you have your inspiration that you for example you follow like this set of photographers mm-hmm. and you think this is the way to do certain things and you go about it entirely wrong mm-hmm. and you don't know that it's wrong right yeah until I, uh, until you you realize uh, until you observe more that's when you realize okay la la i'm, I'm going overboard yani this is completely unnecessary but uh, yeah that's also like a a big part of the learning process i feel initially and i don't know if i'm i'm guessing it's the same with you and a lot of people initially you're like how can i create a work like that photographer yeah and so you go about it in all the wrong ways and eventually you end up with a cheap looking imitation of it you know <laughs> it's it's an imitation and yet it's even a good imitation it's just a bad imitation of basically it. because you don't have the skills and you like that and that's what you're trying to do yeah. i feel like with time that mindset of how how can i do like that photographer or that artist changes to how can i do to something that is very completely me yeah right basically something that i personally enjoy looking at uh, not just because someone else did it because i i made it yani hmm. and also you kind of gather information right when you look at like 10 different photographers hmm. you eventually gather information and then like churn out and you internalize sure churn it. is a new is, is the right word but yani kind of uh, yeah bring out something that's yours faham la the result is different yani 1 plus 1 equals 4 <laughs> somehow right. yani fahamt uh, i think that's very important to always remember to self criticize yourself the right way so you can reach that point in a healthy way yani yeah so we're going to go on a quick break All right. Um and we're going to play something that I feel uh, a lot of people um, listening to the station including myself are probably not used to listening to. All right. And uh, we're going to play Neurotic Glitch. Awesome. So it's going to be intense. Thank you. I'll see you guys in about six minutes.
And we're back with Firas Raisi, aka Shum. Man, I, I, I'm sweating. I mean, you're supposed to. <laughs> That, that's the whole point, Yanni. That was intense and it was dynamic and there were vocals. And you mentioned something. You mentioned that everything in there was created by you. No yeah. samples used. Um, yeah, I think the only samples that I used here were from Forrest Gump. The vocals. Yeah. But all the different layers was actually created by me, either using my synthesizer. At the time, I had uh, the Micro Freak. I still do. Very, mm. very, very beautiful synth. And uh, just using Ableton to create the rest of the sounds as well. This is the first song that's on your SoundCloud. When was this uh, uploaded, roughly? Um, I think sometime last year, in the beginning of the year. Was this you the know? first time Ma- you Maybe took around your... July, if I'm not mistaken. It's that recently? Every all of this is very recent, man. My my world, yani into like synthesizers, I think started sometime last year only. But it has been growing in a very beautiful way, yani. Do you own these synthesizers where you like plug in cables from one device to another device? I never understood how synthesizers work. Do you think You can explain to a layman, normal person like me what a synthesizer is. Okay, so I'm a beginner, so I'll try to explain it as a beginner, I guess. Hmm. Um, there's, let's just imagine there's a box, okay? And this box is sending out voltages of electricity. Mm-hmm. This voltage of electricity uh, would go out into a different box, mm-hmm. and then suddenly that voltage is translated into sound. How does that happen? Uh, well, I mean, the people who made it, they made it uh, so the sound voltages are translated into sound waves, right? Okay. Um, يعني, it's, like, it's like a phone. Remember these old phones, whenever we used to pick up the phone and you'd say, okay, ma fi harara, right? <laughs> like, there's no, like there's no sound, there's no connection. Yeah. There's a reason why there's that sound, right? Hmm. If, uh, if, uh, if there is no... I would say if there's no power at the end, okay. then there's no sound. So, so current goes through these cables from one box to the other, creating sounds. Yeah, then, basically. then how how does the, the rhythm come? Because it has rhythm. These synthesizers. Yeah. So now you have this constant sound wave, mm-hmm. and then you have different things. Like I have this modular synthesizer, mm. or even on a normal synthesizer, you have mod- things that kind of uh, modulate these sounds. Mm-hmm. So you have something that would make the sound go up and down. You have a filter that kind of cuts off the sound and brings it back, you know. You have triggers that would kind of say when the sound comes on and when it goes off. So all of these things, you would mix them together in order to create a certain type of rhythm. For mm-hmm. me, one of the most important things right now is uh, sequencers. I've, I I love sequencers. What what is a sequencer? Uh, so imagine these four notes. This this is a sequence of notes that keeps on repeating, Yani. And uh, I think one of my favorite influences right now is Tangerine Dream. So these people they they basically create this constant sequence and they build an entire soundscape of audio around it live. Okay. And it's uh, super beautiful because. The choice of notes that you have just creates this vibe. It in- introduces drama. Mm-hmm. It creates this. It sets the scene <laughs> as a base, and then this sound is constant. It doesn't stop for like seven or eight minutes, but it keeps on changing. Goes up and down and low and changes in character, but it's the same sort of notes. So mm-hmm. it just depends on how you modulate the so- the sound wave. That's how you get the outcome. By the way, well done on trying to explain that like briefly. <laughs> I was. <laughs> I don't think it's entirely clear exactly the mechanism. Uh, I mean, but uh, my are, my, are, my father came into my room and he's like, "What is this?" Mad scientist. And I'm like, <laughs> I, I'm like, do you know do you know piano? He's yeah. like, yeah. I'm like, to take a look at the at the piano or an org and an, an electronic one. Mm-hmm. There's different compartments, right? There's like a volume knob. There's like an effect knob. There's a, mm-hmm. de- a modular synthesizer. Is basically that box, but analog. But no, I'm I'm deciding what components I want in it, so I, it's like I'm building my own little synth. Okay. So that's how it works. I'm making the synth yeah. by choosing all the different components that I want. 
I decide if I want a mixer. I decide if I want this modulator or that modulator. So I just told him, you know, <laughs> you know, I'm playing music with electricity. That's the only way I could explain it to him. What, is, what was his response? Um, I think he just looked at me. I think he left the room. Yeah, it's like okay, fine. Yeah, that, that's the best way you can explain it right I mean, now. It is, it's still weird, you know. Like it's still weird. But it is very analog, isn't it? It's, yes. It's uh, I liken it to synthesizers are like film photography. Okay. You know what I mean? Because it's not like you can't create these sounds digitally. Can you? Uh, there are digital synthesizers. There, and there are hybrid synthesizers. But I also know, uh, same like um, analog photography or film photography, synthesi- uh, synthesizers has a very hardcore fan base yeah. where people who get obsessed with it I mean, I mean, you know, I'm raising my hand here. <laughs> Literally, I didn't, I didn't know that it was like this big of a world until I got into it. And now I understand how film scores are made. I understand how different soundscapes and movies are made. And you'd hear this, you'd watch a show and then you're like, okay, nice. That's definitely a synth, you know? Ah, okay, that's definitely a sequence. I like how they modulated this here. How can I recreate the sound, for example? And... Like Stranger Things, for example. Hmm. The, sc- the initial score of Stranger Things is, is a very يعني, familiar one to people. Hmm. And most of that is created on synths. Uh, يعني, you discover, okay, this is a really big world. يعني. You watch normal commercials and most hmm. of the sounds in the background are probably made with synthesizers most of the time. يعني. Yeah. Uh, it is a very big world. Isn't Speaking it? of digital, yeah. I'm sorry to interrupt. Oh, go ahead. Um, you have digital modules for synthesizers and you have analog modules for synthesizers. Okay. It just depends on what you like. I have friends who prefer digital. I have friends who prefer analog. So there's... I see. They just have different characters and different ways for you to play with them. My synthesizer is mixed. Oh, okay. My, my, my voice, which is the thing that makes the sound waves, mm. is digital. Oh, you use your voice? No, not my voice. What? I mean, the module, the little box that, okay. that, that gives you sound waves. I see. I, we call it a voice. Because oh, really? Because that's, that's how the sound comes out, right? Uh, so it's a voice module, for example, yani. or an oscillator. Okay. So I've an heard oscillator. that word before, but yeah. I didn't know what so it was. So sound oscillates. It, yeah. And, yeah. And when it oscillates, it creates different waves of sound. Do you feel like you need to understand the the basic mechanics or, or basic um, physics of electricity in order to understand synthesizers mm. properly? Or is that mm. not necessary? No, not at all. Not at all. But I feel like after a while... Um, you would look up certain things just to understand how they work. But that's at the point where you're trying to make like your DIY mm. synthesizer or something. But if not, you just need to know how to play and how to patch one thing to the other to make that happen. That's it. You don't really need to understand oh, how current works, Yani. Not, yeah. not necessary. Uh, you're also a drummer and quite an incredible one, mashallah. Yani, I've seen a few clips. I wish there's more. There okay. is, it's not enough, Yani. Yeah. We'll, we'll see um, with your band. Um, remind me the band name. Um, Eastern Divorce. That's one of my bands. And also Gilgilan. That's the one. That's <laughs> the one I know. Okay. What's Eastern Divorce? Eastern Divorce is me, Moon Salah, and uh, <gasps> Laser Baser. Basically. No way. Yeah, when so did you guys start? Very long time ago. Around the same time, yeah. Why it's, don't I know about this? Um, I'm, a, I'm a Moon Salah fan. Laser Baser, I just met him in Jam Night recently and we jammed together. I, and he's amazing, right? I drummed on the cajon and he was on the guitar. Exactly. We even had a couple of moments on stage where we're just pointing at each other. It's like, yeah, I see <laughs> yeah. what you did there. Nice. That was that was awesome. I, yeah, had so I, much I fun. love I love what he's doing. And he, uh, Laser has been all over the place right now, even more than the rest of us. Yeah, and he's trying to put himself out there. Mm. Uh, I, I love that يعني, about him. But uh, Eastern Divorce, uh, most of these bands, everyone is sometimes on hiatus. Mm. Everyone has their different jobs, their different lives. So it's kind of difficult to bring everyone together more recently. But uh, we're, we're always trying... I haven't trying... Heard, heard Moon's voice in forever. Where is Moon? Um, <laughs> he's coming back, don't worry. Wallah? He, he's coming back, we're coming back, and we're going to be creating a lot more content for Eastern Divorce. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. we need... We need people to hear us. We have some really good stuff. I'm I'm not bragging here. I'm just happy about the quality of of work that we have, mm. and I can't wait for people to hear it. So uh, it's just gonna take a little bit of time because everything is in the process. We have our songs written. 
Okay. Uh, we have an EP that we are preparing for right now. What's left? Yeah, the recording bit? What's left is for us to actually yeah, sit and record everything and perfect it. Because we're all perfectionists in a way. We all want something to come out uh, at a certain like quality. Hmm. We don't want to just uh, post and upload anything. That's mm-hmm. usually that's usually the little bit of a <laughs> argument point. Mm-hmm. If uh, we want to post something online, we would record it and like okay, let's just post it as a post so people know what we're doing. And then there's gonna be that debate about la we can't post this. It's not perfect. You know, second this and second that is not the same. I wouldn't want this to be posted. <laughs> but eventually, has we will get over this and uh, we would just show people what we are and what we do. Even if there's little mistakes here and there, I'm pretty sure they're going to be musical and people might not notice them yet. I was recently watching one of the many interviews of Silk Sonic with Anderson Pack and Bruno Mars, and they were talking about, you know, before people even knew they were Silk Sonic, they had this debate. I think Anderson Pack was on the side of, like, man, just don't tell people anything, let's just hold back. Okay. I think he was on that side and Bruno Mars is like because <laughs> one person is used to being in the limelight and the other one is uh, kind of brought himself from the underground right mm, but it's also it's also your own mentality it plays a role in your decision making when it comes to marketing your music yeah uh, as what your background is how your person how your personality is you know that little bit of an introvert comes out sometimes mm. and you have to deal with that Danny would you consider yourself to be an introvert? I think I am, honestly. But I don't know. A lot of people see me everywhere sometimes. Yani on shoots, for example. Mm-hmm. And they're like, no, you look normal. You're fine. I'm like, <laughs> normal. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Most of the time when I'm not on a shoot, I'm probably home. Or, or yani, out camping. But I don't go out that much. I don't interact with people a lot. Not by choice, anyway. Um, what do you mean? I like, I like, I like my alone time, yani. Um, because a lot of when I do work I'm, I'm around people I'm with people or if I'm camping I'm around people For whenever I get the chance to take a break from it all I would just disappear mm. or just kind of be in my room with my music doing my own things yani. um, I get anxious when it comes to meeting new people so maybe you could consider that part of the introvert in me as well super anxious uh, people might not know, but يعني, when I'm on a shoot, and I'm okay, I am the boss. يعني, I'm, it's, yeah. it's my shoot, this is my thing. Mm-hmm. Like a different part of my personality comes out. Super mm-hmm. professional. I know what I want. We have a goal, we have goals set. We need to create one, two, three for the client, you know. Mm. And there's no time to be an introvert here. يعني, <laughs> but sometimes you have people on set where you still need to kind of coddle <laughs> and you can't just be. Out there with them, yeah. If, uh, yeah, that creates uh, difficulty for me sometimes. Um, if people don't pay, I wouldn't always go out there and fight them instantly. Yani. I would wait and wait until I get tired of waiting. Then that part comes out. Yani. Yeah. If, uh, it takes some time. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, all, it's almost like you're describing me. Uh, it's okay. just like, okay, khalas, <laughs> yani, you're <laughs> describing me, basically. Yeah. Okay. Oh, and, and so you find that you are that, like that sometimes? Uh, I'm very much an introvert. And for some reason, I don't know why people get very surprised by this. But because they don't know me. If they yeah. knew me, they would know how introverted. But they assume, especially look at what we're doing here. I have a radio show. Literally. You know, Two Story Tent uh, was this public thing that people come and speak in front of an audience. Mm-hmm. With all that, you'd assume he's probably the most extroverted person <laughs> there is. Yeah. But like you, when when I'm not doing this... Where am I? Exactly. I, I, I'm ask all my friends and family are complaining that they don't see me. Like I'm, I'm just hiding somewhere. Yeah. I, I haven't, <laughs> I haven't seen my mom in a month. Oh, man. <laughs> is mom is she, is she listening by any chance? I don't know, but if she is, I appreciate the fact that she isn't bothered by it right now. Uh, she texted me the other day and she's like, "I know you don't like when I call and when I bother you about this, so." I just let you be. And I replied with, thank you. I really appreciate that. That's, so that's, that's a nice, that's understanding. Yeah. You live on your own? Um, no, currently I live with my father. I used to live on my own for a while. Hmm. And uh, when I left my job, so I used to work at the Ministry of Legal Affairs. Oh, really? And I used to be a lawyer. No way. Yes. Interesting. Yeah, I studied law. I um, 
I have my master's in intellectual property law because uh, wow, I uh, basically wanted to mix my art and my music with what I studied because I didn't like any other area of law and it didn't feel like it connected with me. At mm. least intellectual property, you know, copyrights and all of that uh, I could in- include in my life. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think about three years in, like I worked at a law firm from the law firm, then I worked at the ministry because that's where I got the scholarship. And it was interesting. I was a legal researcher for a while. We used to work with government tenders, government treaties, MOUs. It was nice uh, to see this insight of what's happening with the government. Mm. And we are kind of like the filter of uh, how these contracts go. Like we make sure everything is, you know, correct before it gets signed or moves forward. That was interesting. After a while, though, I think it got to me that I no longer wanted to be. It felt like an administrative job. Right. Where I'm pushing papers and translating papers and I wasn't out there actually doing the law. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, What would that look like? Is it uh, like um, one of those law shows where you go out with a suit and you're like, objection, your honor? Well, yeah, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes. But most of the time, <laughs> I mean, if, if you're in a commercial court, you're just passing papers to the judge that you wrote in your law firm. It's not always a fight. Um, I think a lot of the fights happen in like the criminal courts. Mm. Uh, a lot of the money is in the commercial side. <laughs> so, yeah. it, so it depends what you want. But in criminal, there's more talking and more persuading the judge into things. Yani. But I only did that for like a bit less than a year as a trainee. Mm-hmm. And uh, as a trainee, you're just running errands. Yeah. Uh, more than actually doing law. But this is, is it by any chance called a paralegal? No, no, no. Paralegal is... See, this is my inf- influence of all... Uh, of all the shows? Yeah, well, I was no Harvey Specter. Uh, you know, <laughs> I wish. Yeah, and he found. Nice. Uh, but I guess some people do see themselves as that. They like that type or they like that side of that world. Yeah, mm. I don't mind it. I, I think I, I learned a lot from studying law. And it changed a lot of my mindset towards things. It changed the way I analyze things, how I look at things, you know, what I'm biased towards or not. And mm. but I guess that was more more important to me than the part where I have to practice it in a courtroom. And right. I appreciate that part more. So when I felt like this is no longer my thing and it no longer suits me to just revise papers and make sure they're okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I went into a very difficult phase. Shweya, depression happened for a while, and I don't. I didn't get diagnosed for anything. I'm just saying depression because that's what it felt like at the time, and it was very crippling for me to work. Like I would go, I would go to the office, and uh, yeah, I'm very sorry for my bosses back then. I apologize on air, but see, I used to go to work and I don't do anything. I would get sent in these files. And uh, I would just look at it and I'd go home. You know, I just sit there on my, t- on, my, on my chair. So after some discussions with my boss and everything, they asked me to take a few days off um, and come back a bit more fresh, Yanni. Mm. Uh, when I came back, I quit. Basically, because I felt like, okay, as soon as I came back, I felt like, okay, it's literally the same cycle. This break did not help me in any way, Yanni. Mm. And I don't think this was this was going to change because it's been يعني, a long time coming and it was like this for a while. So yeah, I quit my job and at the same time I was doing part-time photography work for a while. يعني. Photography okay. didn't stop since I came back from uni. I was always doing photography in the background. So you're in the scene. I was Yeah, I was in the scene in Zaman. Yeah. Um, for that I was doing part-time. That was also the time when I said Minton Coco and all of these different other clients that I got. Yeah. People, people know me, they know luminosity. I quit my job and all of a sudden I'm like, okay, I have a lot more freedom to mm. do more work. Before I used to leave my job at like two or three, mm. go home, change and go directly to wherever restaurant or wherever client I have to work for. Because uh, I used to work after work, basically. Yeah. Um, but now I'm like, no, Adi, and I can wake up at 10, I can wake up at two, I can wake up at six. Whenever I want the shoot to happen or whenever there is a shoot, I would wake up عادي, and I could have like one shoot per week. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Sometimes I would have five shoots per week, so there's no limit. You're describing what a lot of people would would imagine to be the dream for a photographer, doing it for themselves, out there, you know, taking yeah. pictures of different things. But then I also have some insight into the reality where um, money can be tough, making a real living Yeah. Um, month after month uh, doing something in the creative field here in the Sultanate yes. could be really, really difficult. I feel like there's a very small handful of people and uh, I, I, I don't know where you are in this. Um, this is not a reference to you in any way, but Fair generally enough. speaking, uh, only a handful of people that get hired over and over and over again. But for the majority of people, this is an unattainable reality. So I guess my question is for someone who is crazy in love with photography and wishes they can do this as a full-time thing, do you have any advice or words of wisdom for them? Um, don't throw yourself into the abyss directly. You know, if you're, if you're not sure, it's probably coming from somewhere reasonable. Um, make sure you have some form of a backing before you go and do that directly, Annie. Um, Make some money if you can, get a job if you can, and then jump into it. Or, even better yet, make sure your portfolio is amazing hmm. from the beginning. Um, work on yourself a lot, and I guess you will get there, يعني. little by little, you will get there. As long as there's consistency in your work, as long as you manage to contact the right people, the... the right clients that would appreciate your work, mm-hmm. um, has, more work will come to you. Do you ever approach clients yourself? Yeah, I have to. Yeah. Like every every now and then, you'd have to like send out these random emails and mm-hmm. these random DMs to people, right? You can't just rely on what you have. Yeah. Because what, what you have might end or these clients might not be interested again. Like in... There's this important part where even if you send out all of these emails and messages, when you do work for a client, mm. make sure you can retain them. So be super nice to the client. I mean, within reason. Mm-hmm. But be nice, be friendly, be respectful and uh, appreciate their product or service. Uh, be yourself, actually. Right. I'm always myself on shoots. I'm honest with people about who I am. But to an extent, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But see, يعني, uh, just be yourself. Show them that you're a professional, but also that you're a really good human being or, you know, because people relate to that. People, when they're comfortable around you, mm-hmm. when they're comfortable with you, they don't mind coming back because they don't feel this... bad vibe or negative mm-hmm. energy from you right i would i would totally say i've learned this throughout the years sometimes that matters more than skill itself yeah literally having a good time with uh, the client where you're both having an incredible experience and the work let's let's put it on, let's put some numbers to to demonstrate the sure. point let's say you have an amazing uh, um, time with a client in a shoot and you got along, you're respectful, you're professional, and let's say your work was eight out of 10. Yeah. Uh, the client is more likely to choose you than a person who is quote-unquote 10 out of 10, but it's a nightmare to work yeah. with them. And bad <laughs> reputation travels fast, by the way. Oman is tiny. <laughs> I know, exactly. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of clients sit with me and they're like, you know what, we worked with this guy and this happened, that guy and that happened. They don't usually say names, so everyone is safe. But, yani, <laughs> but yani, when I hear sure. about when I when I hear about this, I'm like, really? Mm. And why? Why? It's like you're burning bridges unnecessarily. For example, I heard I heard people don't submit the work that they do, like they would shoot and they would disappear. I've had that happen to to me. Yeah, really? <laughs> yeah. What happened? Please do share. I, I'd, I'd rather not like, because this is relatively recently, I'd say the last couple of years, uh, someone was supposed to shoot something okay. and uh, months passed by, clients asking for it and yeah, it's you just, just get stuck. MIA. Okay, that and, happens. And then you look bad because you're in between. Yeah, this. you're the, you're the, you're managing that project <laughs> or that side of the project basically. It's but Uh, in case in case they're listening wallah no hard feelings i'm just saying <laughs> يعني, it's not it's not good for the person it's yeah. not good for the artist because yeah. the artist is an incredible artist 
It's just now it's bad for them because exactly. they're less likely to be hired. Just show up. Sometimes it's as simple as that. Show up. Yeah, that's true. You promise something, keep the promise. Well, yeah. I hope I hope I hope they're okay because yeah. I I know. يعني صح some people are incompetent. We, we we do not deny that. Yeah, they are in the world. <laughs> yeah, I like in some people kind of uh, act- actually have yeah they yeah. have their issues, they have their problems. That so happens to me it's, sometimes. It's hard to take things the things like these too personally because yeah. you never know, man. Exactly. Yeah. I feel that nobody listening. Ain't nobody listening. Ain't nobody listening. Ain't nobody listening. Ain't nobody listening.